What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First in Ten podcast brought to you by Blogging the Boys. Powered by SB Nation, as always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis here. Aiden, this is our final official last off-season episode. We were talking about it in the pre-show. This is the last one we got before we have real headlines to talk about. As this comes out, it will be released on the 17th, Monday. The next one will be released Monday the 24th with them. With some rookies, I believe, already there and the first practice being the 26th. So we'd be officially in the training camp week. Um, Can you believe we made it? And does time just move a little too fast here? It moves fast. It moves fast, but I still feel like we have some, some ground to make up. Like yes. I don't know why. It's what kickoff September eighth this year. Nine? Am it, I completely yeah, off? Yeah. No. You. I don't you're know. Right in the Septem- it's sometime. It's sometime in September seventh. September September seventh. Okay. Yes. I was off by a couple, but September seventh. That still feels so far away to me. Like yes. I'm just thinking. Like we got through June. We got through like once after the draft. That's where things really start slowing down. I think we're probably as far from the draft as we still have to go, right? Like, this is just me doing math off the top of my head, and I could be <laughs> completely off. Drafts in April, May, June, July. Okay, I don't know. Yeah, it still well, feels I'll tell long. you what. We're about, we're just past three weeks now, as you're listening to this, before the first preseason game. So that that's fun. I can't wait. I mean, I'm the type of person, I watch the Hall of Fame game. I don't miss a snap. And my wife will be like, does this game count? And she knows football, but she'll be like, is this game count? And I'll be like, listen. I don't care if it doesn't count. Like I'm watching every snap. It's been six, a long six, seven months. So um, with that being so said, you watch every snap of the Hall of Fame game. Oh, yeah. I won't miss Dude, it. Dude, you deserve it. a badge of honor for that. <laughs> that's insane. I don't miss like I. But that's the thing, though. Like I, I always wonder if I if I'm just a loser because all I care about and watch is football like 24 <laughs> seven. So um, I watch every game I can. NFL Network always plays the games during the preseason and. Um, I don't know, man. I'm just I'm stocked up on it. And with that being said, this week it started the the quarterback show. Have you seen any of the episodes on Netflix or do you plan on watching it at all? I haven't watched it. I'm gonna I plan on watching it. And I do the one thing I had, the one gripe I have is why are we watching Marcus Mariota? Like I didn't Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins fine, Patrick Mahomes amazing. I'm gonna love I'm I'll love watching, but why in the like is it like three? Did they want to go like three tiers of quarterbacks? Like one excellent, one okay average? Yeah. I don't know. I am looking forward to it though. It seems amazing. I will say, um, I appreciate all the content. I don't understand the Marcus Mariota angle too. <laughs> like you're looking, I think that's maybe the trials and tribulations because you got yeah. Pat Mahomes, he wins the Super Bowl. It's like as much as adversity he had, he still comes out at the top of the end. Marcus Mariota is a backup in Philadelphia now. So that's more of like a, you like the sad part of the story, but the Kirk Cousins one is like vanilla ice cream. It's you know, I think that's you know going to be the most entertaining though. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. make 
I mean, I haven't seen it, but I'm going to make a bold prediction that just watching Kirk Cousins just be a dad is going to be the yeah. most entertaining portion of the show. And I'll tell you what, I've, I've watched one episode. I won't spoil any of it for you. I've watched one episode, and they very much lean into the Kirk Cousins, like, dad thing. You know, they very... Yeah. And, and you know it's funny? They also lean into, like, the Pat Mahomes annoyed by his wife thing, too. You know what I mean? Like, she's asking for pictures, and you know how, like, everyone does the memes, like, oh, he's yeah, no, yeah. crazy? It's a little bit of that. It's it, it, The way it's edited is super, like, funny, to me, at least. I don't know. It's it's so, it's, it's going to be a good one. Is watch. it a good show? I like the first episode. I mean, I'll, I'm definitely okay. going to see it through. Um, The first episode was, I almost feel like, and this is just in my opinion, the Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota was like a filler because you could have done this show with just Pat Mahomes. And I think that would have been intriguing enough for me. So what is it like? Did it, does it start like, is it like a hard knocks where like we're looking at them last season and like how they prep? Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's regular season. It's got like a mix of like, what what were you thinking in the first game or the second game? What were you thinking like leading up to the game? Some film of the practice, some film like in personal life. So it's very much like a hard knocksy feel without the this is camp, this is this. It's more of like an extended season long view. Okay. I'm gonna watch. I will say if they decide to do a second season of this, yeah. I'd love to just see them get wild quarterback personalities. Give yeah. me Lamar Jackson, give me Gardner Minshew, just give me the whole like <laughs> Most random quarterbacks you yeah. can find, like because I, I don't know, well, Kirk you, Cousins, yeah. Patrick Mahomes seem a little vanilla on the field. Sure, they're talented. Seem a little vanilla off the field. Stick, st- give me three real quick before we get to our real topic here. I would Ooh. go obviously as Cowboys fans. I want to see Dak Prescott all year, right? I yep. think, man, I think it would be fun to watch one of the rookies, like a Bryce Young or something like that, because of how different. And how crazy probably life as is as a quarterback in a rookie year. So that's number two for me. And then yeah, you gotta go like off the wall, like somebody who's like on his last leg, like I don't know, like a Ryan Tannehill or somebody fighting for their job, or I don't know, something like I guess what they were trying to do with Marcus Mariota, I guess. Yeah, that's what I, I was about to go like when you asked that question, I was about to be like, okay, so who's like gonna who would it be funny to watch them like stro- like know they're gonna be replaced? I guess it's like Derek Carr, <laughs> Derek, Jimmy Garoppolo. Man. Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, is a, these are just know. like they're middle of the road guys that I'm like I don't want to watch. I think it'd be like Lamar Jackson seems be entertaining. Fun. Yeah, that'd be obviously. Fun. I, I'm obviously picking Dax. Dak would be in in there. Yeah, biasly, and that's know. no shame in that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind to see James Winston. James Winston, obviously. Yeah, James yeah, Winston. yeah. James Winston. He's 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 definitely worth a reality tv in himself so yeah i agree i think it'd be fun i think this got some chance to i bet you'll have enough viewership that they're probably gonna do this season too and just kind of keep it going like maybe three i don't know maybe it'll be a, a yearly thing at this point but um you know we got a good episode here a good first and ten podcast like i said it's our last off season episode aiden's got a great idea for us we're gonna go over some odds when it comes to betting lines for the dallas cowboys some of the things that we got going on here and uh you put together an extensive list so i'll let you take over yeah, before that, I don't know. I might not have prepped you well enough for this. So apologies oh, no. if I'm throwing you under the bus. And I can start <laughs> I can start with the first answer if I did. But heading into training camp, obviously, we know it's less than a week away. Question for you. Which players on this roster, now that we have a rough idea of what the roster is going to look like, it's not going to be much different by the time we get the final 53. Now that we know the roster and how it's going to shake out, what players are we are we as fans relying most on 
to have a successful season. And I can start with my first answer if you if sure. you need yeah, to go ahead. All right. I'm guess my first pick is Brandon Cooks. Because mm. I think I mean, granted, I love how the Cowboys address the wide receiver position. I like how if you can have Michael Gallup as a wide receiver three, perfect. I'm completely in for that. My only concern is we saw Michael Gallup last year. Didn't look amazing. Now, granted, first year recovering from an injury. Maybe I, I'm expecting a bounce back in this second year post recovery. But I'm just worried, like if Brandon Cooks is aged a little bit, if we don't see that same Michael Gallup, like then we're kind of stuck in the same position as last year where it's CeeDee Lamb and CeeDee Lamb alone. So like, I love the Brandon Cook signing. I just think there is like, we're expecting he's to be the wide receiver too. And he needs to play like the wide receiver too. So that that's one player. I think we are relying on Brandon Cooks to give Dak that solid second option. That's the, I want to be clear. That is the correct answer. So if you, if I went first, I would have said Brandon Cooks for the sake of good, you know, podcasting. I'm going to pick a different name and it's probably not as flashy. It's probably, and we know this position doesn't matter as, as others, as we talked about, but I think the Cowboys putting a, a lot of stock into Leighton Van Der Esch. You know, I think there's, you know, that was my second, that was going to be my second. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we've been doing mention. this for over yeah. a year together. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, <laughs> each other too well. No, but um, Leighton Van Der Esch to me, it's like, okay, you know, veteran presence, the guy, if he's healthy, is going to be the main cog in the middle of there. Um, a lot of intriguing young talent around him, but not a lot of experience and not a lot of reps, not a lot of play time that can really make you feel confident. Like Jabril Cox, what, what's that look like? Devin Harper, it, can he step up in year two? Um, really promising look from Damone Clark, and people are excited about that. What is Michael Parsons' presence in that linebacker room? Is he much more of a pass rusher like we think he is? So if Lane Vanderesh goes down, we got Demar Marvion Overshown. We got guys that are just a lot of question marks, and you know, chances are they'll probably get one or two right, and they'll probably be productive, and 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 possibly, you know, th this will be a solid linebacker core. But I think that much like you said about Brandon Cooks, where you bring him in and you hope that he kind of fixes what's over there, you look at, hey, we got a lot of young bucks right here, Layton, and we need you to be the main guy to keep everybody in order. So he has an injury history. He's had a little bit of that in his career, and I'm nervous to kind of give him the reins without like another veteran presence in the room. Completely, yeah, completely lockstep with you. I know we talked about this on the show last week. Question, and I don't even know if I asked you last week, how confident are you in Leighton Van Der Esch going into 2023? And are you mostly confident in, like, can you be confident in a healthy season? Because we've seen him, like, he's getting over the injury bug a little bit. Like, are you yeah. are you gaining confidence in LV? I think I'm a little more confident than I was heading into last year. I mean, people seem to forget, like, signed back on a one-year deal. They didn't pick up the fifth-year option. Leighton Vander Esch's future was very in doubt. He kind of saved whatever he got going on after last year's performance. And he missed a couple of games, but his presence was felt. And that's what makes me nervous. So, yes, I, there is a healthy amount of fear about his injury history because, you know, neck injuries, stingers, things like that can creep up back on you. He plays a very violent position and he plays it at 100 miles per hour. So there's always that, you know, little bit of hesitancy. But I think he's earned the respect or the, earned the, the patience that like, hey, you know, he's gotten out of it. He's come out clean. He's missed a couple of games, but you know what? For the most part, he's been on the field. Completely agree. I mean, I've been the I've been an LVE guy for a while now. I'd love to see him just have you did start. Fully... That. I will say, I'm blogging the boys. You were like the first person to really put some numbers in analytics to like, wait a minute, like we're really not valuing Vander Esch enough here. What I'll say is, I think that I was like, 
I just think the pendulum swung too far back in terms of obviously he had that rookie season. We were expecting like we were expect at that point after his rookie season, we were expecting like a not necessarily a Micah Parsons S career because he's obviously more of a traditional middle linebacker, but I think we expected a lot more than what we got. But then once you started to see like the, Oh, he's not going to be this perennial pro guy. Then the pendulum just swung too far the opposite way. So that was the only reason I, I I was just more in the middle. It's not like, I'm expecting him to be a pro bowler this yeah. year. Well, he was a pro bowler his rookie year, and I think that was what... Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. That kind of set the bar, like, okay, like, we got another one. Like, this guy's going to be another dog in the middle, and, you know, he was more in the median. You know what I mean? He wasn't bad, wasn't a superstar. He's played better last year, and I think the expectation got a little too high in the spotlight here. Yeah, if you want to blast from the past, him and Jalen were both Pro Bowlers that same year. <laughs> yeah. we, we, I was like, our linebacking core set. We got we're gonna have the best linebacking yeah. core for ten years. <laughs> Do you remember when there was like debates between him and Darius Leonard that first year, and like Darius <laughs> Leonard ended up going pro, um, all pro, and Lane Vandersh was Pro Bowler, and like they both kind of had meh careers so far. But I don't yeah. know. It's it's it was definitely I mean, the the conversation about Lane, Lane Randash, like you said, is definitely swung like a pendulum the last few years. Yeah. So I think we got the two best picks. Any honorable. I think my honorable mention would have been like Tony Pollard just because of the lack of depth behind him. But yeah, I yeah. don't know. I You know, this is a super easy, obvious one. But like Micah Parsons, like the, yeah. he's he's the you know, he's the one that stirs the drink in Dallas on this defense. And. I actually, <laughs> this is how pathetic I am. Like I was playing Madden and I was just like, man, just thinking about like, if Micah gets hurt, like what's this defense look like? And I know there's plenty of talent and I know we could do this, but like, I'm thinking about this in July. Like I can't even, I don't want this dude to miss a single rep. I don't want to miss a single game. Like we need this guy to be a freakish health specimen just as much as a play specimen out there. I mean, knock on wood. I'm, I obviously don't want it to happen, but I will say we have seen two full years of like, fully healthy in quotation marks he's pl- at least played both y- yeah both his like the injury's coming at some point every football player gets injured yeah. might not be a season ender but every football player gets injured so it has to come at some not going wood aiden will not go yeah, on that yes, please <laughs> all right so i think we we knocked that out of the park got the two best answers on the board Agreed. so now we'll go to more of a like tony you mentioned more of a betting style obviously betting is not legal here in my home state of texas so i can't personally place these bets i'll put them in you can here in mass yeah, yeah <laughs> in massachusetts go. i got you yeah but now that we're this close to the season you have odds on literally anything if you're in a state that allows betting have fun with it because you can bet on anything and everything related to the dallas cowboys so i'll pull a few interesting odds these odds are provided to us from DraftKings. Let's talk through some of the odds and what which way we'd fall if we were if I a if I was in a state that allowed betting b if yeah. if you had that if you had it pulled up what would you which way would you bet if you got a couple so of we'll, nickels to swing you know let's see yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe just do a massive parlay with all the bets yeah. we're going to talk about today just throw yeah. them all into a parlay and, and then blame Aiden when it doesn't hit <laughs> and then you know send the the anger tweets at him not me <laughs> I'll take it I'll take I'll put the bill. So our first line we're going to start off with is the first game of the season. Talking about opening night, stars are stars are bright. We're pumped for football. Cowboys are only two and a half favorites against the New York Giants on opening night. Tony, mm. how do you feel again about that week one line? Well, you know, as a not a gambling man, but you know, like being at home, 
kind of swing three pointer way, right? So yep. you would think the Cowboys are probably more what like a five and a half point favorite if that's if that's in consideration, you know? Yeah, so on a neutral field ish. I could see the Cowboys win it, and I don't think it's gonna be like scary. I think they'll cover two and a half, right? I think that they'll win by at least a field goal, but I wouldn't be surprised if they win this game by under a touchdown. You know, it could be six points or less in my opinion. So I, I would say take the Cowboys, you know, giving up the points, but um, I'm far less confident than I am, you know, any other week. If this was a week two, a week three matchup, I'd probably feel more confident about it. But week one is it's, it's a finicky, finicky thing sometimes. And like, I, I don't think the Giants, like, they're not a Super Bowl contender. They're not amazing. But I do think the Giants are going to be respectable this year. I think yeah. Gable, with another year of Daniel Jones, you mentioned the week one slow start that the Cowboys always seem to run into. I think I'd actually take the Giants here, like, plus two mm. and a half. I do think the Cowboys will, I don't know, I think when we predicted it, I actually had the Giants winning for the reasons I just mentioned. Yeah. I think, like, the Cowboys winning on, like, a last-second field goal, like, Something like that weird where it's like, why did we just play it that close with the Giants on opening night after like a season of hype, an off season of hype? That's that's I think I think I'd actually take the Giants a plus two and a half here. I'm just man, like with the two and a half point line, we have to be there's a very real re- possibility that the Cowboys lose this game. And you know what? The worst thing that's they got going against them is the fact that I'll be there. And the Cowboys <laughs> have only won one game that I've been in in uh, attendance for. So, um, how many games have you been to? Let's see. I've been to four Patriots Cowboys games. Um, Washington. Actually, no, I'm sorry. I've been to two. Right. And this is why I'm bad luck because my brother was playing for Washington, started against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys won. So the Cowboys won despite of my brother. So that felt like a kind of kick in the, <laughs> you know, kick in the jewels there. But um, at the same time, I've won the the last Patriots like walk off win in Gillette that was there. So I've been to like I want to say like six or seven Cowboys games and I've only seen them win twice. I I've been to a lot of Cowboys games. I I think my record's probably like eight hundred. Because I went to a yeah. lot of games during those Jason Garrett eras that's just mm. like I'd see him win by 30 and then yeah. Get <laughs> lo- <laughs> so yeah. I'm probably le- a level five hundred type of fan at yep. home or when I'm watching it. So we'll move on. Now going to the end of the season, Tony, the Cowboys' win total is set at nine and a half. Where are we? Are I th- we've walked through the schedule, yeah. so I think I know where you're going. But it's set at nine and a half. How are we feeling about that? I feel, it feels suspiciously low. Like I, I just, I agree. You know what I mean? I don't understand. Now this schedule, I said it last year. I thought you know there were twelve and five the year prior coming into it. I said this team feels worse but the schedule feels easier. So I feel good about 11 to six to 12, five this year, the team's better, but the schedule is harder. So I'm taking the over, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's 11 and six, I would 10 and seven would kind of be tough, but I could see 10 to seven, 11 to six, 12 and five is pushing it. So I, I mean, Vegas is Vegas. So you respect what they say, but I still think that nine and a half, they got to be double digits. This team's too talented. I agree. Nine and a half for this Cowboys team is too low. I will say that if you if you want to bet the over on nine and a half, DraftKings currently has it as like minus one sixty five. So you're not it's not even odds. But I figured you were gonna go that way. So mm. here's an alternative win total. Eleven and a half. The Cowboys wow. are plus one ninety. Mm. Do you think is that is that That's enough a... value for you to take the over? Or you think you're starting to skew under there? If I'm putting money on it, I'm probably going under. 
you know, I think they go 11 and six. I think 11 and six is probably where I'm settling right now. That'd be on the under, but like that is a much more questionable or much more tougher line for me to look at nine and a half. I'm going to hammer the over, but I'm going to, I got a little pause at 11 and a half. We're completely in agree. I think nine and a half is way too low, but I couldn't put my money at 12, even with generous, like plus plus one ninety. It just feels like only losing five games when you're going up against like the schedule that the Cowboys have this year. And knowing you have to play the Eagles twice, like I that, it's too much for me to j- assume that they're somehow going to go 12 and five, which they very well could. I'm not betting on it. You know, I have, so, I do have some, uh, keep going. I, on my sports book, we'll get to it actually. Cause we're going to talk about Super Bowl odds and stuff like that. Right. So I got a couple of futures in my sports book. We can talk about and go over. I won't say the name for sponsorship reasons, but I got a couple of plays in ready to go. All right. Well, do we, uh, we'll get to it when yeah. we will, spoiler alert we're gonna get to super bowl odds eventually defensive player of the year obviously there's one person that what for the cowboys would qualify Michael parsons no, I'm just <laughs> lane mandrash who we just talked yeah. about <laughs> yeah. negative odds right now to be deep as, uh, no. put money in on damone clark baby let's go <laughs> but micah parsons is currently the odds on favorite to win defensive player of the year at plus 650 Jace Miles Garrett's plus 75, TJ Watts plus eight eight fifty. So like it's close, but Micah is the odds on favorite. And like I don't know if we like we can talk about if we take the bet or not, but more of like, how do you feel about that? And I guess secondary, would you take do you have any conviction to take that bet? I'm I'm genuinely surprised by that, you know, because of some of these other superstars, you know. I know Micah is a stud, but Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, those guys, Max Crosby, like there's legitimate, like, and I think Micah is as good, if not better than all those guys I mentioned, but it, it feels weird to see like a guy for the Cowboys be like an odds on favorite to win a off season award. Like, I mean, uh, you know what I mean? Like an in season award. So for him to be the defensive player of the year, I don't know if I'd put money on it, but if we're, if we're going to sit here and say, Hey, Vegas is usually on the money about some stuff. Like I feel really good about the fact they got Micah in that pole position. I and I, I will say like Micah, his rookie year, you I, I guess he was kind of a defensive player of the year contender. It, it was more of just like he was having an insane rookie year. Last year he like for a while there, I don't know. I'd say about the if you took like the halfway mark in the season, it was like Micah was probably maybe not negative odds, but him, Garrett, and Watt were probably like tied at that point to win defensive yeah. player of the year. Like Micah had a good shot and you know like with voting fatigue they're gonna get they like to give it to new players like if I had to bet anybody in the NFL and granted bias I'm a Cowboys fan I'm taking Micah and yeah plus 650 like that doesn't seem ridiculous to me to to rile up the rivals is is Hassan Reddick on there by any chance uh, he might be. I only wrote down the top three I'm okay well no so the fact he's not top three is like because our division foe, the Eagles, want to have this back and forth that Hassan Reddick <laughs> is Micah Parsons. He's better than Micah Parsons. Like, clearly Vegas does not think so. And, yeah, I mean, no. I will give, like, the Jalen Hurts-Dak debate, sure. Like, have that conversation. I think that's fair. CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown. I'll actually admit I think A.J. Brown's a better receiver than CeeDee. Not by a lot, but I'll, I'll admit it. 
Micah versus Hassan Reddick is the most laughable thing in the world to me. <laughs> yeah. Like I yeah. Hassan might be underrated, sure, but don't put a don't put Hassan Reddick and Micah Parsons' name in the same sentence. Listen, I know re- recency bias will make me, you know, eat these words, but I also kind of feel that way about Dak and Jalen at this time too. Like I think the Micah Hassan thing is a little ridiculous. I I put my rankings out. I think Jalen Hurts is a top ten quarterback, but like, I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying that he what's he do the, definitively in my opinion there's only one thing that Jalen Hurts does better than Dak Prescott and that, and that's running that's the only thing that you could definitively in my mind say he's better than him so I you know there's a fan base and there's a national media that are building up the Eagles right now I probably think I'm crazy for saying that but I, but I'll stand on that what does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. I think I'd have, yeah, I th- I, I'll ha- I have Dak above Hertz in my rankings, but yeah. I will say I, I'm at least fine with the debate happening. Sure. Like, Hertz, yeah, but. You've heard worse things. I've, yeah, i.e. Parsons versus Sasana. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yep. <laughs> All right, so sticking with the defensive side of the ball, another end of the year award, Mozzie Smith, Defensive Rookie of the Year, plus 3,500. And the reason that I bring this up, he has the 19th best odds to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. Wow. Just like, is that, and I mean, at this point, plus 3,500, take it if like yeah. you five throw bucks. a couple bucks yeah. on it. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but do you think that's, is that a result of his position or do you think he's just being underrated? No, I think I you took it. That's what I was going to say. I think it's more okay. so they don't feel the impact of defensive tackles. And the Cowboys never drafted him to be, you know, defensive rookie of the year. You know, if he does, no. he had to be like over <laughs> the moon. You know what I mean? He had to be that guy. But Aaron Donald type stuff. But he would. Yeah. Yeah. He'd have to be. But no, I mean, he doesn't have to be. The Cowboys don't expect that to be. And I feel like I don't know if it's fair odds, but I I, I understand it. I completely agree. And yeah, in terms of the bet, it doesn't like it's not an actual bet that we have to debate. But are we disrespect like that's Mozzie Smith is the name that we haven't talked about a ton on this podcast. Like now, granted, we both expect him to start yeah. fairly quickly and we both expect him to make a big impact. But are we underrating Mozzie Smith in terms of what he's going to bring to this defense? I think I was early on. I think I've you know dove in and I've ate some crow a little bit. Um you know, when, when he got drafted, I was live on the, you know, the stream here on blogging the boys. And at first I was kind of like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't see it. I don't understand it. And then as you dive deeper in, I don't even care about like the size of the strength, like what his presence is going to bring in the middle tells you what they feel about this defense. Like they think that he's that piece. They didn't care what was there on that board. They think he fits so well in this defense that he's going to be able to, to unlock a bag of pass rush moves from the interior. They think that he's going to be able to, you know, be that run stopper that can kind of solidify that unit. Um, Yeah. I do think that, you know, we're probably a part of the group that's underselling him. And, um, you know, I think he does need to get talked about more, but just like we said a couple minutes ago, probably has something to do with this position as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm completely, uh, 
Once again, completely agree with you. I will say, I think Mozzie Smith's the one player that I'm going to be most interested in watching during training camp. Just naturally, first round pick, duh, I'm going to be interested in him. But just in terms of how they're using him, is he walking out there with the first team a lot? Is it? Are they going to take him more as like a rotational piece at first? I do think the Mozzie storyline's interesting. Are you, this are you more excited for the camp one-on-one battle with Zach Martin or Tyler Smith with Mozzie? Uh, oh, I want to see how he does against Zach Martin, but I yeah. think the Tyler Smith matchup is going to be tell us more. Yeah, I think he if he beats Zach Martin, it's he's like advanced in like technical sure. terms. Yeah. But if he goes in, Tyler Smith and him is going to be a clash of the titans, just like Godzilla, like you know King Kong battle. You know what I mean? So just two big dudes going at it. So hypothetical here. Day one of camp, we get footage of Mozzie Smith absolutely plowing Tyler's pause, absolutely running <laughs> over Tyler Smith at right. Let, let's say he's playing left guard. How do you like, are you more worried about Tyler Smith at that point? Or are you more excited about Mozzie? I'm I'm getting him sized for a gold jacket, baby. You know, I'm just getting out. <laughs> no, no, I, I think um those drills. And I talk to my brother about this all the time. Like those one-on-one drills, are you know those are meant for pass rushers you know what i mean pass rushers should yeah. win more times than that and just like in the reverse like the wide receiver one-on-ones that's for the wide receivers the wide receiver should win that you know where you're going you got a ball and a quarterback who's gonna throw the football um with the pass rushes like think about just offense line as a whole like you're going backwards against these big monstrosities of men who are like freakish athletic now and so i, I wouldn't read too much into it um i think it would be fun if if Mozzie Smith does win against Zach Martin stuff, but like, we'll take it with a grain of salt. Yep. I'm going to be fun. So now we'll move into more end of season stat lines. This is why I'm most interested to talk to you, talking to you about, because I know you for balling. The boys have been writing articles, giving, I, is that your personal lines so, for where you yeah. feel like they're at? So basically what I've been kind of doing is the first one with Dak, I put it at 10 and a half for interceptions. Um, and that was kind of just like doing my own homework. But when it came to Tony Pollard, but I had him at 1200 rushing and CD lamb at 1500 receiving that put him in the top five range. I'm pretty much asking people, do you think he's going to be a top five statistical back or wide receiver? And that's kind of what I've been using. Well, we're going to talk about similar lines here. First one, Dak, Will Dak eclipse 4,000 passing yards? Mm. If you want to bet yes, it's at 125. So you're essentially getting even odds for mm-hmm. Dak to throw for 4,000 yards. How are we feeling about that line? I like that. That mean, So that means that they, they think that's possible. They think that's yeah. a real deal. They think it's like probable to yeah. like 50-50. Right. I, I mean, I like that. And that's you could take some of that from Vegas and be like, okay, Vegas likes what they see from Dak. They like what the moves that we made on this offense. So... 4,000 is a lot. I probably would probably say he's on the south side of that, but I'm thinking like 39, 3,800. You know what I mean? Like 4,000 is like a milestone that um, I know the league is changing a little bit, but like you hit 4,000 passing yards, you probably had a a, a pretty prolific year that year. Do you want to guess how many quarterbacks hit 4,000 last year? Damn. I want to say four. It was actually nine. Oh, more than I thought. Maybe. Yeah, just to run through, it's Trevor, Gino, Josh Allen, Jared Goff, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert, Patrick Holmes. Wow. It's like there's, I, there's some guys with, in there. Dak Prescott's definitively better than. <laughs> with Gino, yeah, with Gino being on there, I almost Jared feel Goff, like Jared Gino Goff. Smith, yeah, like, yeah. It might just be like, are you betting on Dak to have 
playful season. Stay healthy, point. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm so, gonna do quick math right yeah. now. What's four thousand divided by seventeen? Divide by 17, we're looking at 235, 236 passing yards a game. Like, that's his wheelhouse. You could see so, Dak do two to three touchdown passes a game, 250 passing yards. I will say, like, if I were to bet on any of these, I think, well, there's another bet coming up that I actually think I'm more confident in. Dak hitting 4,000 passing yards, If like, I think that's a health bet. I'm going to bet yeah. on Dak having a healthy season, and I'm going to smash that over. On you might you might have talked me into it, but that's yeah. because I said earlier a couple of weeks ago, I'm I'm banking on the fact that Dak's not going to miss any time. Yeah. If he's out there and he doesn't miss any time, the Cowboys are going to have a winning record because he doesn't not, and he's going to produce statistically because when he's out there, he balls. So, like as far as I'm concerned, if he's healthy, everything the Cowboys want is going to be there. Completely. So, quick alternate line. You, if you just want to give you quick yes or no for this, you can. Dak hitting five thousand passing wow. yards is plus one thousand. The only quarterback <laughs> last year to do that was Patrick Mahomes. Man, that's rarefied air there. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if uh, I can do the five thousand. So with that two ninety a game, I don't know if he's got that in him. <laughs> I'd be willing to throw ten bucks on it, just in like the off chance that this Texas Coast offense is just like a, yeah. like completely air it out Let's well you know go. what's fun about that the west coast principles is it's it's like short underneath let your guy go True. get some yak yeah. i mean those are high percentage throws though you know quick short one two three reads you get the ball out i mean give the ball to cd lamb on a drag you know five six yards downfield let him to get 30 35 yards i'd love that for him so let's stick with it then cd lamb you talked about your line that you set for cd lamb 1200 1500 you 1500 said? yep cd lamb's receiving yards this year over under is set at eleven hundred. Wow, I'm smashing the over. I'm that's my hammering. Favorite yeah, hammering the over. I mean, he had just under a thousand his rookie year. He had over eleven hundred his second year, and last year like just under fourteen hundred. He had like thirteen fifty eight. For him to regress to eleven hundred, Brandon Cooks had to go off, or he wasn't on the field. That's the only two reasons I see that. If even if Brandon Cooks goes off, I'd still be floored if he's under or south of 1100 myself. I, yeah, when I reference my favorite, this is easily my favorite bet 1100 yeah. for CeeDee Lamb. You can get that at minus 110. Wow. Like, what in what Feels world like stealing, is CeeDee Lamb man. not? Yeah. Now, sorry, what if I told you that the actual line was 1100.5? Does that change your opinion? <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. This wow. is to me easy bet. I'm, I'm really bullish about CDC. 65 yards a game. I think is about to have. He can. That's that, Once again, like if Dak's healthy, if CD's healthy, no way he doesn't smash that. Even if Dak's not healthy. He, I bet he could hit 1,100 with Cooper Rush. What did he play? Five games with Cooper Rush last year? And had yeah. almost 1,400 yards? Like, yeah. I actually put that in the article. I was talking about him. Like, he's had since 2000. Like 17 games he's missed with Dak Prescott, and he still had um, over 3,000 yards in his three seasons in the league. I mean, the guy produces. He's, like, unflappable at this point. Was it? I mean, it might have been. I don't know if it was 2020 versus the Vikings or if it was 2021, but that was the game with Cooper Rush where he just went off, right? Yeah, it was 2020. It was, like, uh, the pandemic year. Nobody was there. He made that crazy catch in the end zone. The back of the, yeah, the bending his, yeah. Yeah. So and then yeah, I mean he's just he's a stud. He's he's in I mean he I mean you remember how we felt, right? So after his rookie year, everyone's like, man, he's about to explode. He was crazy in training camp videos. We were just talking about that. And his 
1100 was like disappointing. Do you remember that? Like last, we needed him to step up in 2022. And I mean, he answered every bell we asked of him this year. No, this is, this is an easy bet to me. I absolutely love that line. Tony, let's, another guy you mentioned, I think your line for Tony Pollard, you said 1200. Yeah. 1200 was my line. Yep. So Tony Pollard's line at per draft Kings this season set at 1050 plus plus 100. Mm. I don't know. I don't know which way I bet on this. Like you're, you are once again, you're betting on a healthy season, I think, because I don't know. Yeah. I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, if they don't find a number two, like a a trusted number two, he's going to be way higher than that, in my opinion, because he's going to get force fed the rock. Um, if they get if Ronald Jones or Malik Davis or Rico Dot any of these guys step up or maybe an outside free agent, um, and there's much more of an even split, I think eleven hundred twelve, you know, eleven hundred twelve hundreds in play. I think he's. I think you can pencil him in for a thousand plus, but because he did that last year on what one hundred ninety three carries, so not that's yeah. you know that's pretty good. Um, now being the bell the bell cow back, I think it's another one of those lines that's maybe they're betting on injury. Maybe they're betting on on durability because that seems a little low to me. I agree. Maybe the. I think I take I, I take the over if I was if I just had a hundred dollars to throw on this line. But I will say, once they, like I've mentioned this on the podcast, we haven't seen him be the full season of a workhorse running back. Maybe people like I don't know whoever that running back to is Joan. Um, Dowdle, Ronald Jones, Malik Davis, whoever it is. Me, maybe they you. get more touches. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Maybe they get more <laughs> Deuce Vaughn. Maybe they get more touches than we like. And maybe like, I don't know, but I do think it's a good line. So we'll go to the last stat that you, I think, have out in an article. Mm-hmm. Micah Parsons, 13.75 sacks is wow. his line. Obviously to mitigate for that half a sack over is plus 100. Tony, you taking the over? I I think he's the over. I mean, he went 13 his rookie year, 13 and a half last year. I think he can be 14. I think that's a, a damn good number, though. Like, I feel like I feel like he's going to be in that 14 to 15 range. I like the over, but you, you put a little money on this, you might get to week 15, 14, 16. You're like, uh, let's go and get another one, Micah, here. So I think that's a pretty close good number there. I think for this one, I actually think I'd take the under if I were betting on mm. it. I will say, based off the comments we've heard from Micah, he's done a couple interviews lately where they're really they're emphasizing Micah being his impact on this defense is going to be felt. Obviously, it's going to be felt through sacks. It's Micah Parsons. He's going to get to the quarterback, but he's really building up the fact that like part of my impact is me drawing the double team. So guys like Demarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong, Sam Williams, those guys can eat. I also think, although he's shifting to quote unquote more of a true defensive end, I still think we're going to see a decent amount of linebacker, off ball linebacker snaps. Now it's yeah. it's going to be like what we saw at the end of last season, where you're going to see it. It's not it, the majority of snaps are going to be defensive end, but you're still going to see it. And so for that reason, I think I'd actually take the under on thirteen point okay. seven five. But that's just because like. 14 sacks. That's a lot of it sacks. It is. It is. It is. And but he's that type of guy. If he doesn't True. if he doesn't go over, he's not going to win that defensive player of the year um bet. That is absolutely true. You know, so he needs that. 
and the only way I'd be acceptable because numbers aren't everything, right? Sacks aren't all, you know, look at look the way they talk about Demarcus Lawrence. It's not all about the sacks to have a massive impact here. But I will say if his numbers are below that, because that would be his lowest of his career. If he's at 12 and a half, you know, that's regression from first to second year in the league. It better be because Dorrance Armstrong, Sam Williams, Demarcus Lawrence, these guys will go ahead there and they're doing their thing, you know, and Dante Fowler. So if that needs to be truly, in my opinion, the reason for it, like he's taking double teams, he's taking all of the attention and these other guys are making do out of it because of it. Wasn't that kind of what we saw with Demarcus Lawrence? Like he had two great seasons, maybe three. I can't remember. Two great sack seasons. And then it was like, okay, they're doubling him every play. But now look, oh. Who's this Randy Gregory guy that keeps getting to the quarterback? Yeah. Oh, it's probably because they're throwing the whole kitchen house and kitchen sink at Demarcus Lawrence. Side note: Did you see that Cam Jordan tweet when he and he threw Demarcus Lawrence like a positive? He did. Yeah. You yeah. Say, for anybody who didn't see it, they were talking about like the top five best pass rushers in the league, and he was wondering why they're not talking about true defensive ends and guys like Cam Jordan, Demarcus Lawrence play all three snaps, play the run, play the pass, and I mean. We know it. I mean, we understand that Demarcus Lawrence's value is 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 tremendous, but there are some people within this fan base and across the league that just doesn't get it, and it, it's kind of surprising to me. But the people who know, they know, and those who get it, get it. That's one area where, like, I I give PFF credit in a lot for a lot of stuff. I think they're the best thing they do is defensive end evaluations because as Demarcus Lawrence is consistently high in defensive end rankings. In fact, some weeks higher than Micah, despite not logging a sack, it's because of all he's doing in the run game, which like Cam Jordan pointed out, we've been pointing out for a while. You can't underestimate the impact to pure, like hit the running back in the backfield, make him lose two yards on first down, get him behind the chains, like first and 12 after they, went conservative or ran the ball that's huge yeah i mean there's so many things that like he doesn't get credit for or acknowledged for it's you got to be a deeper dive you got to understand the bigger picture and sometimes he sacrifices himself he goes underneath let somebody wrap around get the better pass rush angle like it's by design a lot of times demarcus lawrence just brings that demeanor he brings that like tenacity to the defense and if i know michael parsons is a star but if you ask anybody in that locker room i guarantee they're going to tell you the leader of that unit is demarcus lawrence yeah, I mean, he's been he's been leading that defensive line for a long time. I will say, because of my comments about like Micah taking more of the double, I think if you were to give me the line for Demarcus Lawrence, Sam Williams, Dorrance Armstrong, I'd probably smash the over on all of those. Yeah, for like give me over on sacks. Dorrance Armstrong had the quietest eight and a half sacks of all time. He like, really did. Yeah, you know nobody's talking about it. people are talking about trade bait. The guy had eight and a half. He was the second leading um, sack getter on the team. So. You know what? That that's a good thing for the Cowboys. And if and if they got to dip into Michael Parsons' uh, production that helps the team, I'm not mad at it. And so we'll move on to a debate that we just Hassan Reddick versus Micah Parsons, obviously in division rivals versus the Eagles. So let's dive into that breakdown. Cowboys versus Eagles. You can bet on what the series is going to end up. If you want to bet that there the Cowboys versus Eagles is an even one 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 split. That's minus 110. If you think the Eagles are going to sweep, that's plus 225. And if you think the Cowboys are going to sweep, that's plus 350. Wow. What do you, what's the, what's the, do you think is betting on the split and just taking the minus 110 even money on a split? Is that the, is that the right bet here? I think that's the safe money. I think they're two pretty dang 
even match teams that could exchange blows this season. You know, one and one seems realistic. They could both get one at home. Shoot, this team's good enough to both get one on the road against each other. So um, obviously they think based on those numbers that the Eagles are a little better than the Cowboys just because the odds are a little tougher yeah. for the Cowboys to sweep. But it's close. The numbers, you're not making much more money if you go one way or the other. So I think the safe bet, I think the right bet is probably an even split. I think that's absolutely the safe bet and the right bet to make. What I will say is knowing how Dak performs against the Eagles, knowing that the Cowboys, they have their number. If Dak's playing Philly, historically historically speaking, he's going to beat them. Cowboys being at plus 350 for 2-0, I don't know. It's tempting to me. Like yeah. I could, I could see a world where like the Eagles experience a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. Dak yeah. knows how to handle Philly. They go in and they beat him twice. Like that world completely exists. And as a fan, we were robbed of that Hurts Dak matchup last year. We just never saw. Seriously, it. yeah. You know, it stinks. But I think we got a clash of the Titans with those two. I think it's going to be fun this year. And I mean, listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Cowboys can't sweep them because they have kind of even though that they haven't like won divisions but they happen to Dak Prescott specifically seems to run this division pretty damn pretty damn strongly over his career completely agree so the last bet we'll get into Super Bowl winner the Dallas Cowboys we Mm. alluded to it Dallas Cowboys to win the Super Bowl plus 1400 which is fifth place the fifth the fifth best odds and they're sandwiched in between the Cincinnati Bengals and the now Aaron Rodgers led New York Jets. Man, talk about it every year. I uh, by the time season starts, I will have legally. I'm sure I'll have made a visit out to Las Vegas <laughs> or something. But I will legally make a bet on the Cowboys <laughs> to win the Super Bowl. Yep, Tony plus fourteen hundred. So I I put my own money on <laughs> them to win the Super Bowl at plus sixteen hundred. Okay. So I was able to lock them in at sixteen hundred. Obviously, sounds like the they're coming around to them being a little bit more of a favorite there. The money's a little less, so um, I feel good about locking them in at sixteen hundred. But um, man, you're shooting a shot in the dark here. You know that when it, when you talk about putting a future bet on the Super Bowl, I can't. I'll only, shoot it every year. Yeah, hundred percent. And yeah. for me, depending on what book you use, this was a bonus bet. So this wasn't even like real money I put on. I put a little $25 bet on it, pays out $400 if it hits. Now imagine if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl and I get $400, I'm not going to be too upset that night. I can promise you that. I mean, in terms of fifth best odds, do you think the Cow, like if you were to power rank teams and I don't have the list, the complete list, yeah. but like you could probably figure fifth, it out who was on there. Yeah. In fact, like while you're talking about it, fifth yeah. best odds, do you think the Cowboys are the fifth best team in the NFL? Well, look at it. You got Chiefs. You got Bills. You got Bengals. You got 49ers. Well, maybe not 49ers, but you got the Eagles. You know, you probably those are the probably the four in front of them, right? Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, my Eagles, and then probably us. So I don't think that's unreasonable. I think they're anywhere from the four to seven range as far as favorites go. So it's Chiefs are in first at plus six plus six hundred, then the Eagles, Bills, Niners. Bengals, mm-hmm. Cowboys. Okay. And I then the Jets. So, yeah, we know the Niners have beaten us pretty handily the last two years, so that stinks. But their quarterback situation is interesting with Brock Purdy. I mean, does he come back down to earth? What's his injury look like? So, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm not surprised by any of that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think this is a symptom of, of – I mean, 
it is a weak NFC, weaker NFC than we've seen in a while. Like, for example, if you go to it's the Cowboys, as we just mentioned, have the third best odds. Sorry, they have the six six best odds overall, third best odds in the NFC. But if you then go to the next NFC team, it's the Detroit Lions to win yeah. the Super Bowl. Man, so it, it's like the cow. It's the Cowboys, Niners, Eagles. One of those teams is making it out of the yeah. NFC. After that, there's not a lot to be scared of. So yeah, I, totally I think that's agree. contributing to the Cowboys. Yeah. Bonus before we wrap up here, I I did put a eight pick parlay of try to win all the division winners, and I put Bills, Bengals, Jaguars, Chiefs, Cowboys, Vikings, Saints, 49ers, five dollar bet. At fifty thousand eight hundred forty-five <laughs> odds plus, pays out twenty-five hundred forty-two dollars and twenty-seven cents. So if I get all eight division winners, I'm flying out to Texas and I'm hanging out <laughs> with you for a night just Let's on do- that. <laughs> well, you'll know it by playoff time. So what I think you right. should do is, oh my god, don't end it. We're <laughs> no, I'm I'm just gonna say we both. We just ball at like wherever the yeah. assu- assuming the Cowboys play an away game in the playoffs. Maybe hopefully it's home, but maybe they play an away game. We go to that city. We just ball. I love that idea, bro. I if yeah. I win this bet, I'm <laughs> going to wherever the Cowboys are playing in the playoffs. If I win this bet, that's it. I'm taking that money, and that's gonna flight the hotel, the flight, and the tickets to give me the first round of the Cowboys playoffs game. I love. Seems that. like a plan. Yeah, I, I like all your picks. I mean, I, I seems like it's reasonable. And like I said, it was only a $5 bet. So whatever, you know, let it ride. And who knows? It could end up, I could end up at a Cowboys playoff game as a result. So now that's fun. <laughs> Anything else before we wrap up in? Uh, Mike McCarthy is the third lowest coach of the year odds. I didn't bring it up wow. just because you can't coach of the year is just essentially the most improved team. Yeah. You can't Crap improve shoot. that much from. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yep. So that, that makes sense. But there's definitely some interesting lines. I mean, a couple of things I've taken away from it is Vegas is they're a little high on the Cowboys. I mean, I think they're fair. Some instances, maybe a little lower, but I think everybody in agreement across the league, no matter how you feel about the Cowboys personally or professionally, they're, they're a solid football team that deserves the respect and they're going to show it this year. And I think when Vegas puts their money and their stamp behind it, you can feel good about it. Yeah. I mean, all those lines, if, if everything in those lines happen, like, the Cowboys, that, the Cowboys have a good season. You're talking about Dak at like 4,000 yards, CD yeah. at 1,100, which obviously is underrated. But like Cowboys probably finishing second in, based off what we're seeing, lines. Cowboys probably finish second in the division, like get the first wild card spot. Like last, who knows? It, yeah. It's Vegas thinks this could be a good year. I agree. I agree. I think that the Cowboys could have a good year. And guess what? Next time we speak and next time we're here, it will be the season. It will be training camp kicking off in Oxnard, California. I can't wait, man. I'm super excited. I can't wait to go to sleep and wake up and have it be the week that we're doing this all over again. But this time it's for real. So uh, for another episode of the First and Ten podcast brought to you by Blog of the Boys, powered by SB Nation, I'm Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis. We'll catch you guys next week in Oxnard, California, at least in our minds. Peace. <laughs>
Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.